You're listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, Episode 95. Welcome to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast, where we explore public health epidemiology careers and share tips and strategies to help you enter or transition into the field. And now your host, Dr. Charlotte Hughes-Huntley. Greetings, everyone, and thank you for joining me on this episode. In this episode, you'll meet Leah Roman of Roman Public Health Consulting. In a previous episode, I mentioned Leah as a great example of professional networking. Now, those of you who know her are probably nodding your heads right now because she's very genuine and networking seems to come naturally to her. And you may also remember her from my very first public health consulting and entrepreneurship expo that I held, where Leah was one of my co-hosts. Now she joins me on this episode to talk about her public health journey from employee to consultant and business owner. She also has a few tips for anyone who may be interested in consulting. She talks in depth about who she serves in her business and the course that she's created called Contemplating Consulting, a readiness guide to help public health professionals decide to hit the brakes or take the leap. So listen carefully as Leah describes her online course. And if it's something that you're interested in, then be sure to listen to the full episode because I will come back after the interview and tell you about a special offer that she is providing just for my podcast audience. So let's join that interview now. All right. Well, today I am very excited to introduce my special guest to you guys, Leah Romans. Leah, say hello to everyone. Hi, thanks for having me. I am a frequent listener of the podcast, so it's really fun for me to be on this side of the microphone. Uh, This is great. I'm excited to have you on this episode. I've mentioned you in previous episodes a few times, and I know people that follow us on social media see us interacting all the time. So this is really um, an exciting one to have to record. So let's jump right in because I would love to, uh, we have a lot to cover and I have a lot I want to ask you about. So I've introduced you a little bit, you know, in before we got started at the beginning of the episode, but if you would just tell the audience a bit about yourself, your background, and, and maybe what you're doing now. Sure. So I graduated with my MPH, my Master of Public Health degree from Boston University in January of 2006. And during my last semester of graduate school, I took the exam for my CHES, which is the Certified Health Education Specialist Credential. And the reason that I did that was that I was very interested in college health. I had done an internship that allowed me to work with colleges all over the Boston area. And I just really had a passion for that work. And I found that the CHES credential was preferred or required for a lot of college health positions. So I went ahead and did that. So over the next seven years after graduation, I worked in a few different community and research settings. I did get a job as a health educator, so I worked at a small private college in the Boston area. I then worked as a training and technical assistance specialist at the National Suicide Prevention Resource Center, and in that role, I was able to work with colleges across the country who were doing suicide prevention initiatives, so that was really exciting. And then when I moved to Philadelphia, I started a position as a project manager at the Drexel School of Public Health, and I worked on an occupational injury project. 
So that was all very exciting after graduation um, for about seven years. And then in 2013, I left my position at Drexel. I was hoping to just get more flexibility. The role was really big and really busy. So while I was looking for something part-time, I started doing some consulting and I took on about a five-month project thinking it would just be temporary while I found something else. And what happened was I really enjoyed the work and clients kept calling. And so I never went back to traditional employment. I loved the flexibility, both in terms of my schedule, but also in terms of the types of projects that I could work on. I loved the diversity and being able to really follow topics and clients that I was really passionate about. And so I never went back. Oh yeah, that's exciting. I remember when we, um, I, you were on the first public health consulting and entrepreneurship expo that I held. And when you shared that story, we were flooded with questions. People wanted to know, how did you get your clients? And how did you, you know, how did you keep it going? And all the, the questions are just flooding in as you shared your story. Um, yes. And I, I think people are always surprised that it was not a strategic decision, which is what I advise <laughs> others to do. I sort of fell into consulting by accident, which I think is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's been quite a journey for me. Yeah. So what attracted you to the field of public health? You know, like what population or condition or public health problems are you most passionate about? You know, it's so interesting because I never heard of public health as an undergrad, or I think I probably would have taken some classes. I was actually a psychology major as an undergrad, and I really thought that I would pursue graduate studies in that field, get a master's in family therapy or something like that. Um, Although looking back, I did take several health psychology classes. So I might have had an inkling that, um, (laughs) that I was very interested in this area. So, but after I graduated with my bachelor's degree, I thought, well, if I'm going to do therapy someday, I should practice working with people one-on-one. I should really refine my interpersonal skills. And so what I did was I got a job as an individual level patient health educator at a clinic, at a health clinic. And, you know, long story short, (laughs) what I found was that I was less interested in talking to people one-on-one about their problems and their health issues. And I was really interested in really the big picture issues that were going on in the clinic, the public health issues. So working with the nurse to report required diseases to the Department of Health. We also had, you know, kind of an interesting um, privacy issue that came up where a lot of the local college students would come to our clinic instead of going to the clinic on their campus because they were concerned about privacy, that their parents would know what they were going to the health center for. And so I found these issues so interesting. And the more that I talked to some of the clinicians in the clinic, they said, hey, like, have you ever thought about public health? It sounds like it'd be a great fit for your interest. And so I ended up applying to MPH programs all over the country, ended up selecting Boston University, and I loved it. It was, it was really the perfect fit. So um, I would say over the course of my career to this point, I've always been really passionate about injury prevention. When I was working as a college health educator, many of the injuries of concern for our students were really alcohol related. So that was a huge topic. When I worked in training and technical assistance, obviously my focus was on suicide prevention. And then when I became a mom, when I had my son five years ago, I became 
very interested in issues surrounding childhood injury, you know, things you never thought of until you have a child and you realize everything can be dangerous. So for instance, I was really passionate about car seat use and actually even went through a certification process to become a a child passenger safety technician to help people with their installation of car seats. So I would definitely say that injury prevention has been a theme throughout my career. And, you know, now it's really interesting because my business, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, um, has really shifted to focus on connecting and training aspiring and current public health consultants. So I've really become passionate about professional development and support for this segment of the public health workforce. So it's definitely a different topic area for me, but one that I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's really great. I like that. Um, and just listening to you describe all this, I, I like the way you consistently have this sort of self-assessment process mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. You know, you you will dig in a little bit and explore some of your interests and and then you learn about yourself and you're really conscious of that. And I, I like that strategic approach. I think that's that's really great. And more people should do that because instead of going to someone and asking, what can I do and waiting for someone to validate you or tell you the next step or give you direction, we should all kind of embrace some sort of a self-assessment to know what our strengths are, what our interests are, and sort of take more ownership in directing our own paths. I think there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And I think understanding that it'll change. You know, I think if you had asked me in graduate school, I would have told you, I'm going to work in college health. I'm probably going to work in college health forever. I'm going to be one of those people. (laughs) And I would be very surprised to hear where I am now, you know, almost 15 years later. But I just really have tried to always follow my passions and interests. And sometimes they're surprising. Sometimes I've ended up someplace I didn't initially think I would. Even when I took a research job at Drexel, you know, I never really pictured myself as a researcher. I was much more of a hands-on community health educator. That's how I pictured myself. And the research part was really surprising, but I learned so much from that position. And I'm so glad that I was open to it, even though it was a little bit intimidating at first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. We we have to sometimes. It's a little scary, um, yeah. but we do have to explore. We have to have the courage to do that. And we have to be, you know, willing to be to be flexible because mm-hmm. you know it will definitely change as we explore interests and learn then that opens up a new level of questions and a new pathway sometimes so that's really great how did you how do you think your uh, previous roles and experience prepare you for your current role as a consultant and a business owner I think that's a great question um, each role has really brought something beneficial to my skill set so for instance you know, my training and technical assistance position, I did a lot of public speaking. So I had to get over some of my initial fears about that. We did a lot of online learning. And that's something I use today. So that was, you know, a tremendous thing to to learn in that role. I do think that the key role that prepared me for consulting came when I moved from Boston to Philly, and I took that job at Drexel as a project manager. So I was managing a million dollar project that was funded by FEMA. This was an injury prevention project. And that position was just such a huge learning experience for me. Um, And I'll list some of the things that I learned really every day in in that job that I now use in consulting. So project management, 
and prioritizing multiple responsibilities. It was a really busy environment and my priorities and my to-do list could really change hour to hour (laughs) depending on what was going on. And I think that kind of flexibility has really helped me in consulting. You know, sometimes your clients can call you and they've got an emergency and you need to help them with that. So I think having that flexibility and being able to shift things around has been really beneficial. I did a lot of grant writing in that role and that was huge for me because I've also now I've assisted some clients with grant writing. It's a really sought after skill. And so that was really wonderful. I learned so much. And then we also hired consultants to work with us on that particular project at Drexel. And so, you know, I worked on drafting the scope of work, which was exactly what the consultants would do and what their deliverables would be, and then was involved in hiring and collaborating with those consultants. And so being on the hiring side, I think has really helped me be on the consultant side because I know what the clients are thinking. I know exactly what should be in the scope of work. I know what should be in there to, you know, protect myself (laughs) so that the expectations are clear on both sides. So those are things I learned in that job that have been huge for me. And then in general, I think that job just gave me confidence. I felt really good as I wrapped up my time there because I was able to successfully manage a high profile project that had a lot of diverse stakeholder groups involved. And I felt like I was able to work with a lot of different kinds of people, work under deadlines, um, you know, work with a federal funder who, you know, had a lot of expectations about how things would be done. And I had a wonderful mentor in that job as well. So I think all those things together really helped me feel confident to go out on my own. That sounds great. I think those are such important skills that you listed. Um, sometimes people will overlook the importance when you have those type of you know project management skills and being able to prioritize responsibilities. Any um, organizing, you know, even with writing scope of work, you know, if you're mm-hmm. organizing people that write, I think about SOPs, you know, um, thing, anything that you're doing that's organizing information, um, project management, those are skills that are going to be important in any role and. And if you can realize the importance and embrace what you're doing, then you're able to, it uh, helps you to build the confidence and it helps open the door for the next opportunity, whether it is building a business or moving to another position with, uh, within any type of organization. You know, those are really important skills to have. What type of public health services do you offer? You know, and then also, you know, who are your ideal clients? In other words, who do you serve? So my primary clients at this point are aspiring or current public health consultants. And I really wanted to offer a variety of services that would meet people at different stages of their career and also at different price points. So I offer three levels of service. The first is a free online networking group that I run for established consultants. And so I do this on Facebook right now. We have, this is so funny because it started with just like three people I knew (laughs) as a way to avoid sending each other a million emails. I was like, let's just set up a Facebook group. Um, And then at this point, I have almost 80 members and it's a really fun and supportive and collaborative group. I have hired people in there as subcontractors to help me with projects. People in there have gotten together to submit proposals, people who have complementary skills. 
I do a monthly discussion question. People are really engaged. So that's been wonderful. Um, I also facilitate mastermind accountability groups. Um, and these are, again, for established consultants. And if, you know, if any listeners are not familiar with masterminds, these are groups, they're small groups. They're typically five to eight people. And you meet on a regular basis, say weekly or biweekly, and you offer peer support and you also offer goal setting support. So one of the things that's hard about working alone in your business is that, you know, if you don't meet your goals, sometimes nobody knows. So (laughs) it's helpful to have people that you're accountable to. So you'll set a goal on one call and then you have to report back on your progress on the next goal. And it really pushes you to make sure that gets done because you're like, I got to report out on this. I, you know, people are, people are counting on me to, to fulfill my goals. So it's a really wonderful group. And then the third thing that I offer is our online learning opportunities. So my first course, it's called Contemplating Consulting. It launched on February 4th, 2019. So it's uh, still pretty recent, um, but that's been really exciting. So those are the three types of services that I offer at this point on the consulting side. And then I do want to mention, I still continue to pick up client work because I want to stay on the pulse of, you know, the challenges that consultants are encountering um, with working with clients, any new trends in the field. I think Sometimes when you only do training, you can get a little bit removed from kind of working in the trenches. And so I don't want to lose that. So, but what I have done is narrow down my client work. I had been more of a generalist. And so I really want to focus on the things that are my favorite projects. So that would include working on course and training development. So clients hire me as a subject matter expert in public health or health education to help them develop courses and trainings. These are typically for public health or health education students and professionals. Um, And to give an example, I recently had an online university hire me to review 14 new online modules that they have for public health undergraduate courses. So those are really the two things I'm working on, that client work niche, and then also these levels of support for aspiring and current public health consultants. I love that. Our models are very similar. And um, I do think it's so important to kind of, like you said, keep your pulse on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed uh, your explanation of Mastermind. And I'm glad you explained that and broke it down because I know that that's something that maybe is not as familiar with people in public health necessarily. Mm-hmm. But it is, um, thank you for breaking it down, explaining that. And it's, sure. it really, those are great communities and great um it is important to have that connection. Like you said, that accountability. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I'm really happy that you are, um, that you provide that, that place and that platform for other consultants who are um, maybe just working quietly in their own niche, but it's great when you have um, that group and of other consultants and, and established businesses that are saying, okay, this is my goal. What's yours? You know, how have you done since the last time we met just to kind of keep you, help to spark your own motivation. I think it's a, a great seasoning on that. I'm also very, very excited about your program, your course, Contemplating Consulting. And I'd like for you to tell me a little bit more about that. Just kind of list some of the details about the course, the benefits, and uh, just kind of dig into that a little bit more. Sure. The course is called 
Contemplating Consulting, a readiness guide to help public health professionals decide to hit the brakes or take the leap. And I developed the course after getting dozens and dozens of inquiries from people who were interested in consulting, but they were just really stuck on how to get started and how to figure out if it was a good fit for them. So again, this was really unexpected. I, I never thought that I was going to be the authority on <laughs> whether people should become a consultant. Um, but I think for a really long time, when people Googled public health consultant, I was one of the first people that came up my website. And so I just got all these inquiries um, on social media and via email. And so I really thought, how can I help all these people? I can't have individual calls with everybody. So mm -hmm. I decided to make this course. And so it's an online course. It's appropriate for public health students and professionals that are considering a career as an independent consultant. I think that it could be also beneficial for new consultants, especially if they started a little bit more on a whim like I did and they have no business plan um, or no plan at all. <laughs> and because the course really talks a lot about business development and administration, and I think those areas are really overwhelming when you're just starting out. The course is online and it's self-paced. It takes about two hours to complete and you can complete you know, one module at a time, or you could, you know, binge on all the modules. So it's really flexible to do on your own time, which I think is really beneficial. Students have unlimited access to the course and the downloads after they enroll. So they can always revisit the course if needed, if they want a refresher on a particular topic. And I'm also really excited to share that the course is pre-approved for two different types of continuing education credit. The first is for CHES, Certified Health Education Specialist, and the second are Certified in Public Health. And these credits are available at no extra charge beyond the course price. So I think it's really affordable and it's perfect for people that are looking to fulfill their CEU requirements. And that was really important to me because I've had my CHES for 14 years and I know how hard it is sometimes to find online distance learning options um, when you might not have a lot of money to travel and do professional development. So I really was excited about becoming a CEU provider and offering that service to people. I'll just mention a couple of things you get with the course. It includes a 10-page readiness assessment workbook to help students determine if they're ready to start a business and to identify areas of strength and weakness. And what I'm hearing from the current students in the course is that the workbook is extremely helpful and they like that it prompts them to identify action steps. So for example, one student realized that she's not quite ready to really just jump out on her own and start her own business. So she decided that one of her intermediate action steps is going to be to seek out subcontracting opportunities first and then she'll kind of get a taste of consulting and that will help build her portfolio and her network. So that's what I've been hearing is, is people really like is they actually have some tangible action steps at the end of the course. I like that too. I really like that because it's so, like I said, so um, complimentary to the type of coaching and services and programs that I offer as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that it is, um, a great, the added benefit of being able to fulfill the continued education um, requirements is a, a definite benefit as well. So mm -hmm. um, I will be 
sorry about that noise, I will be able to provide links to this program in the show notes for this episode. And I'll tell you guys more about that at the end. Um, so uh, don't worry about trying to take notes and scramble right now. And some of you may be listening while you're driving, but at the end, I'll give you um, the guidance to where you can find the links to enroll in this program. And I definitely encourage you all to check that out. Um, so as we wrap up, I would just like to ask one final question. Do you have any tips for some other than enrolling in your course? <laughs> do you have any tips for someone who is interested in consulting? I do. I would definitely encourage people to think about a potential niche for themselves. I think that being a generalist consultant can be very difficult. And by generalist, what I mean is that you offer a huge range of services across the whole spectrum of public health. So you offer needs assessment, grant writing, program evaluation, training, meeting facilitation. And I know it's hard because that's what I did for six years. And it's very, very challenging. I think the reason it's hard is that it's hard to stay expert on every public health skill and topic. So, you know, I, the last, qualitative project I did was probably four years ago. So if I got another request right now, yeah, I have the <laughs> skills, but they're rusty. You know, it's hard to stay on top of your field. So I think it's hard on you. And then I also think it's hard on your potential clients because it's difficult for them to identify you as an expert evaluator, for example. If your website also lists all these other services. And so, you know, I encourage you to think about, you know, is there some kind of unmet need that you see in the field that you could fill? Is, is there a place where you do have some really unique skills that are in demand? You know, what maybe you design infographics or, you know, data, other kinds of data visualization skills, something that's really in demand. You know, how can you stand out? And you might find that you want to be a generalist at first because you need to kind of try it out and see what kind of projects do you enjoy, what kind of clients do you enjoy working with, and then you can niche down. But I think it's really helpful to have that on your radar because I was not thinking about that at all, and I, and I wish I had thought about it a little bit earlier. Um, I know we're both fans of listening to Pat Flynn and his podcast, and so Pat Flynn is an online business and course expert. And one of the things he says is that the riches are in the niches. And yeah. I do believe that that is true. The other thing I'll mention in terms of advice is that about 90% of my consulting work over the last six and a half years has come directly from personal relationships and word of mouth. So as former employers and colleagues found out that I was consulting, I got more calls and more emails about projects. So I think it's a really important lesson, you know, never burn any bridges when you leave a job or an internship, because those bridges will bring you work if you go out on your own. And I recommend spending some time if you're thinking about consulting, you know, sit down and look at your current professional network. and. And assess, you know, do you think it's the network is deep enough that you would be able to get referrals for work? So think about your alumni networks, your current and former employers, any volunteer organizations that you do. Think about all the places where you could get work. And you might find 
it's really robust and you think I could definitely go out on my own. These people, you know, are really impressed with my work. Or you might find that you want to strengthen it in, in certain areas, especially if there are some target clients that you already know, well, that would be my ideal client. You know, think about how you can strengthen those relationships. And I think that's a great way to go into consulting is with a really strong network. Absolutely. Definitely talking my language there. Yes. <laughs> I um I like the the quote that you mentioned riches are in the niches and yes. I also get hung up on everybody does this like is it niche or niche and I think I use both <laughs> I know for this quote I always say it so it rhymes with riches but I agree <laughs> sometimes I'm like is am I saying this correctly yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is great. Thank you so much, Leah, for taking the time and, and being my guest on this episode and sharing about your journey and your work. And you shared some amazing tips and advice. And I agree with everything that you said. So thank you. I know that the audience is going to have find this very valuable. I know they will appreciate that. So I will provide links to connect with you. Um, you've given me your your blog link, which is amazing. I definitely got you guys. You have to check out her blog and just follow her on social media and, and definitely check out the course. So all of that will be provided for you in the show, show notes. And I'll give you details on that in just a moment, but thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you, Leah, for being my guests on this podcast. You must visit the show notes page for this episode because that is where you'll find all of the social media links to connect with Leah, as well as links to her website. I strongly encourage you to sign up for her blog newsletter because she covers some really good topics. Now, if you're interested in her course, the links to that can be found also on the show notes page for this episode. And I do highly recommend her course and will be promoting it as a great resource for many of you. In return, Leah is offering a 10% discount for podcast listeners. So just enter podcast at checkout to get the discount. So this is episode 95. To find the show notes page, just visit drchhuntley.com and it's D-R-C-H-H-U-N-T-L-E-Y.com and click on podcast from the main menu. And then navigate to episode 95, and you'll find the show notes with all the links that I just described. Be sure to also click on the subscribe button right where you're listening in iTunes or wherever you're listening so that the newest episodes are automatically delivered to your mobile device as soon as they are released. You won't miss anything, and you'll be among the first to hear the latest episodes. All right, everyone. Until next time, have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you for listening to the Public Health Epidemiology Careers Podcast at drchuntley.com.